Hey everybody and welcome to Breaking the Wall podcast. As always, it's me, Brandon, and today we are talking about contemporary classes. And this is really for all of those contemporary dance teachers out there, anyone who's looking to build their own class or maybe has had their own class for a while now and you're looking to just improve a few things. I know for me, I try to tweak my class every once in a while, just, you know, bit by bit so that it can be the best possible offering to my students or the people coming in to take my class. And in this episode, I really want to just focus on three ways that you can improve your class this year and maybe meet some of your teaching goals a little bit faster. So this is really designed for anyone who teaches mainly in open class because that's what I teach, but you can definitely apply these principles if you teach at a school for younger kids or if you, you know, only do guest teaching every once in a while. I think these tips are going to be super useful for you. And the reason why it's specific to contemporary dance teachers, one is because I am a contemporary dance teacher, but two, contemporary dance is this world that is still evolving, right? It's still changing. And there's so many different pockets of contemporary dance where, you know, in terms of, you know, if you think of ballet, the class structure is pretty, you know, cut and dry. Like you start this way, you end this way, where contemporary, it can be really anything you want. So for students who want to come take contemporary, we want to make it so that they, you know, understand what they're getting themselves into. So let me just go ahead and jump right in. The first thing, so there's three tips. And the first tip I have is to take the mystery out of your class. Yes, and one of the easiest ways to do this is to post videos. So as I mentioned, we want to let students know what they're getting into. And because there are so many different types of contemporary dance classes, it can get really confusing on what a class is offering or what is, you know, what your contemporary class does that others don't. So the very first thing you can do is post videos. I hate recording in class because I feel like it takes me and everyone else out of the room, but it is the best and easiest way for people to understand what you are offering. So what I like to do, because I don't like to record, um, I like to offer guest passes for someone else to come in and, you know, take video for me. So yes, they'll get the dance class, but they'll also, you know, be doing me a favor by not taking me out of the class and they'll just step to the side and get a couple videos of the phrase or people learning the phrase you know, those little behind the scenes moments. Um, You know, you can also hold a class for to get specific class material. So I've done this before where I rented space, brought a photographer friend in, invited friends to come and take the class. And basically, I'm teaching to get photos. So they come for free. But you know, we we're still moving. It's still the same class. But I mean, there's this element of a photographer in the room. So it is really for me that we're having this class. Um, And as I mentioned, you know, ballet classes, they're just predictable. You know exactly what you're getting into. I mean, maybe the levels are different, but the structure as a whole is all the same. So what we need to do in contemporary classes, because they are such a crapshoot, we need to let people know what they're getting into. So post your videos on social media. I mean, this is a great way for people to, you know, not only for you to drive interest, but to create reminders for people that you teach consistently or you teach at certain places or certain times. Um, Social media is going to be our best friend if we're looking to promote our class. 
The other thing that goes along with this, you know, take the mystery out of your class, is to create specific and accurate class descriptions. So what does your class pull from? What's it like? You know, if you've been listening to the podcast and you've heard some of my interviews, I had Chelsea and Jess from Jewel Rivet slash Arts on Site on the show, and they have an incredible class description. So I'm going to go ahead and put that in the show notes. But what they do so well is they say what their class is like. They say what it pulls from it. They say, you know, we have uh, this movement language, this movement style, and that's what's influencing our class. Yeah, so check that out in the show notes either now or at the end of the episode. But it goes back to that same idea. We got to let people know what they're buying into so they don't feel cheated or that we're uh, misrepresenting what we do. The second thing you can do for this idea of, you know, creating accurate, accurate class descriptions is decide who it's for, right? If you're teaching a beginner class, maybe you'll say, uh, my class is for people who have taken dance before, right? That's the only requirement. If you've taken any dance class before, come join. Um, if it's more advanced, maybe you're saying something like my class is for people who are, you know, have years of training and they can pick up material in a fast paced environment. Um, Right now, I'm teaching a class that's an intermediate level, so that can mean anything. So what I tried to narrow it down to is, you know, my class is for pre-professional slash professional dancers who are looking to get back into class, right, after, you know, some time away. So people know, oh, that's me. I'm going to come. So it really specifies who it's for. So that's number one. The one big idea here is just take the mystery out of your class. Let people know what they're getting. The second thing is to decide what your class is not, right? So I think a lot of time we focus on all the things we're going to offer someone. You know, we have a lot of influences. Maybe we've been with a lot of different companies or worked with a lot of different choreographers or had a lot of different training growing up. But if we use all those ideas, it's too much and people can't decide what your class is. So where don't we focus, right? For me, I don't focus on floor work. I have a lot of, you know, experience in floor work. I've done a show where floor work is a big part of it. I've worked with a company where their main thing is floor work. But in my class, I need to make the decision that floor work isn't a part of it, right? I used to have it in there. I used, you know, when I first started my class, but then I was doing floor work and then I was standing up and doing like tendus and then rondejams and then we're going back to the floor. There was no consistency and it ended up just being confusing, not only for me, but for the people taking my class. You know, are you working with ballet principles or are you working against ballet principles? What's not included in your class? I think the temptation is to want to offer everything, right? We want to give. We want to give what we know. We want to provide a lot of information. And especially if we have a lot of these valuable influences. But if you can decide what your class is not, you and your students can get a clear idea of what your class does offer. So if you can decide what your class is not, you and your students can have a better idea of what your class does offer. So maybe it rests on one specific technique or one specific move, sorry, movement idea. Um, you know, I think it's a smarter choice to limit the offering instead of trying to create a class that combines it all being like, uh, yeah, so my class is a Lamone, Horton, Graham, locking fusion class, right? What, 
That's so many ideas that we're not going to be able to latch onto one. So that's number two. Decide what your class is not. The final tip I have for you, and I'll leave you with this, is find what's consistent. Yeah, find something to be consistent in your class. So, I mean, a really easy one is, you know, music selection. So I have a playlist of, you know, a 30, 45 minute track um, of music for my warm up. So I never have to think about that. Right. Maybe I could invite an accompanist in, which is definitely a long term goal. Of course, that costs some money. But having someone to, you know, take the burden off me finding music, I just have to find the movement. So finding consistency there will help me not feel so much pressure to create something new all the time, right? I don't have to keep finding music for a different phrase. I can just have the one set thing so that I can really focus on the bigger ideas towards the end of class or towards the middle of class. Like how, what are we leading to? So all of this, I don't have to think about, you know, how the music selection is going to uh, change from week to week. The other thing, and I think this is probably the most thing that should stay consistent in your class, is the structure, right? How, what is your warm-up? What is the order of the class? How do you build? How do you? How does the class grow within itself, right, in a smart way? Um, this is going to be the, you know, having that framework is what's going to be so useful for not only you when you're preparing your class, but for your students who are paying sometimes $23, $25 to come take for you for an hour and a half, right? So what this does is it takes out the surprises. And that's our goal. I think that's our big goal in, you know, creating a contemporary dance class. I'm not just going to show up one day and say, you know what, for the past uh, year, I've been, (laughs) you know, getting, leading the class this way. And today, we are going to just throw that away. And I'm going to start with a 30 minute improv warm up, right? Not that there's anything wrong with that. I think that is how some teachers structure their class. But I'm not going to throw that curveball in there because I've created something that's familiar, that's consistent for my students to come and, you know, take. So having that idea of consistency is going to be huge. Uh, You know, I do want to just wrap up this episode with encouraging you all to find a way to keep your class simple in structure, right? It can be as complex as you want in the movement, but in structure, keeping it simple and consistent is going to be, you know, helpful for your students to grasp onto those ideas that you want to share with them. So whatever you're trying to teach, whether it's a quality, whether it's a technique, you know, simplify the structure, find consistency in the framework of your class or in the music or whatever it is, that is familiar so that, you know, they can find what the big ideas are. They can find those moments of, oh, this is what Brandon is trying to teach me, right? And they don't have to spend spend a whole hour and a half, two hours trying to learn everything new, right? Because once we are getting nothing but new, we have nothing to grasp onto to actually learn it and really, you know, soak it in. So those are my three tips Right. So take the mystery out of your class is number one. Decide what your class is not and then find what's consistent. What's still there? What is the things that we can bring back week after week to help our students? Yeah. So as always, I hope this was helpful for you. If you love this episode, please share it with your fellow teaching friends or people who are interested in starting a class. 
Um, we are really trying to grow this audience this year, this community. Um, I'd love to hear from you. So please reach out on Instagram at it's Brandon Coleman or at Breaking the Wall Podcast. Spotify now lets you review or at least rate these podcasts. So if you are listening on Spotify, go ahead and click that little star button and give us five stars so people know how awesome this is. If you think it's awesome, I do. Um, But other than that, I will see you on another episode. I hope you're enjoying your new year and I will talk to you all soon. Bye.